Welcome to The Wise Guides. I'm Sharon Longridge and I'm delighted to be in conversation with you. Since this is our first podcast, I'll let you in on the plan. The Wise Guides will bring you insights on living mindfully. By that I mean refining your mind, replenishing your body and skillfully navigating the challenges life throws your way. You can expect conversations with a wide range of people who offer sage advice plus practical tips and practices for living well. The theme of this episode is forgiveness. I recently attended a wonderful event called Women Leading Change, orchestrated by the Wake Up Project. While there were several aha moments for me, this phrase, spoken by Patria King, has echoed in my mind ever since I heard it. Forgiveness is giving up all hopes for a better past. All hopes for a better past. For me and many others, Patria King embodies wisdom. Amongst her many achievements, including penning eight best-selling books, she is the CEO and founder of the Quest for Life Foundation, which provides practical skills and strategies for people to create peace and resilience in their lives. I was delighted to visit Patria at Quest for Life in the Southern Highlands of New South Wales, Australia, and unpack this very big concept of forgiveness with her. Patria started by sharing where she first came across this powerful insight on forgiveness. Yes, it actually was said not by me originally, but by a, a six foot five transsexual in a frock at a conference that I was at in California, when she stood up and said in a beautiful voice, I've just realised that forgiveness is giving up all hopes for a better past. And it really struck a chord with me because I felt that's so right, you know, we're so often chewing over what happened to us in the past and allow that to nibble away at the peace that we can have in the present. So why is forgiveness important? Well, if we don't forgive, you know, we're creating a soup of distressing chemicals within our own bodies that do us damage and it undermines our peace and it also takes us away from the present moment because at the basis of it is resentment that something happened that has caused me to keep telling this story to myself over and over again and whenever our mind is preoccupied by a story that's in the past or we're projecting what happened in the past into the future we squander all of the possibilities that are in the present and if we want to live in the present you know and that's where creativity insight intuition wisdom humor spontaneity all of those juicy wonderful qualities that we love to have in life if we're so busy rehashing rewriting history shaming blaming about things from the past then we negate our contact with those things that are possible in the present my late father shared with me his view of forgiveness and he said forgiveness is not about condoning the act it's about letting yourself off from the pain associated with the act what's your view of that notion Oh, what a wonderfully wise father. Because uh, it's never about condoning. It's not about saying that what happened was okay. It wasn't okay, but it did happen. And given that it did happen, how are you going to liberate yourself from the consequences of having felt wounded by whatever that action or that conversation or that person might have said or done? So for me, forgiveness is an inner process. It's not about I forgive you. In fact, 
it's an inner process where we liberate ourselves from the consequences of having felt wounded in the past, that we no longer continue to reactivate, react in the present moment as if we're still feeling wounded by anything in our past. That's a real liberation, that's a freedom that comes from letting go the pain that was associated with the event, but it's never about condoning. Is the act of forgiving another in some ways linked to the act of forgiving ourselves? We've all made mistakes along the way. Do you think they're closely related? I think they're very closely related because uh, we're often our own worst enemies with the self-talk that we go on with and the negative um, conversations that we have within our own minds and the criticism that we have where we're always evaluating ourselves. And if we stop doing that... Um, and allow these things not to be taken so personally and allow them to become part of our history, then we can still learn and grow in wisdom from such experiences without taking the woundedness of it into the future. A lot of people use as an excuse for their behaviour in the present what happened to them in the past. And yet a real liberation takes place when we perhaps even realise that in our essence we can never be wounded because in our essence uh, it's beyond wounding and so what is there to forgive? Is there anything to forgive? It's really the story that we tell ourselves around whatever happened that continues to give us so much pain. What is the biggest obstacle people face to that really deep act of forgiveness? Do we get comfortable with the familiarity of the wound? Absolutely. And I think a lot of people enjoy taking out their resentments and their past grievances and fondling them and chewing over them again. And But every time, after a while, you begin to see every time you do that, you kind of go down the same emotional gurgler. And when you realise, you know, something's got to change and it's me. I can't change the event. I can't change that conversation. I can't change um, whatever happened I can change who I'm going to be in relationship to that. Am I going to be defined by that or can I be more than that? And I know having heard over 100,000 stories now from people from everything from facing their mortality to having childhood abuse, sexual, physical, emotional abuse, um, people with appalling self-esteem, people who are going through divorce. We call them the Ds, you know, a drama, a disappointment, a diagnosis, a death, a divorce. There's lots of these Ds, a disfigurement, a disloyalty, a disagreement. You could, When you listen to people's stories, you could say to that person, look, absolutely, you stay feeling as miserable and as depressed and as angry and as enraged as you need to for as long as you need to because what happened to you is appalling. But they know, like I know, that that's actually not going to change anything. And I well remember the day when I had leukaemia and I was in this little cave in uh, a monastery outside of Assisi in Italy. I could still be sitting there, you know, I'd be a dusty little pile of bones now in the corner, but I could still be fondling 
all of the things from my past. You know, it wasn't fair that I grew up with a mad, gorgeous, fabulous brother who told me before he was 10 that he knew he had to kill himself by the time he was 30. It wasn't fair that I'd spent years in hospital having major surgeries to my legs and being told I'd never walk again. It wasn't fair that I got raped. It wasn't fair that Brendan attempted suicide so many times before he did finally succeed. It wasn't fair that I was crippled with arthritis, that I married all of those very strange people. It wasn't fair that I lived with chronic pain and all of those things, but that wasn't wasn't fair that I now had leukaemia and was going to die in three months. I could still be sitting there saying it's not fair, but I knew that would never change anything. And the fact is all those things had happened and I left out most of the colourful ones. So if all of those things had happened then I realised there was no one to blame. There's nothing to blame. And that my inner state is my responsibility. And I can respond by weeping the tears, writing about it, reading about it, talking about it, going to the therapist about it, whatever I might need to do to finally get to that place where, yes, that did happen, and it happened to me. And given that I'm a woman in that circumstance, what's an appropriate response to my life now, not just a helpless reaction where I still feel a victim of my history? What is the power of forgiveness? You no doubt have witnessed and been in the company of people who have experienced great difficulties yet have somehow found the internal fortitude to let go of the story, as you're saying. What's on the other side of forgiveness? Oh, look, it's a journey. It's not like you say, oh, I think I'll, I'll forgive so I can feel free of this and it's done. You know, for some people, um, they have to really work at forgiveness for quite some time and it means bringing your own mind under observation and noticing every time that you get caught up in the story and the moment becomes quicker and quicker that you see that this thought of the story has come into my mind and I choose to let it go. Just choose to notice it and let it go. Choose to notice, let it go. Rather than throwing fuel on the fire of that story and building it up into some enormous great monster that takes over your life. So it's that very simple choice that I want to be free of this. I have a willingness to see it differently. And then the discipline of when you catch that thought and then you let it go and don't build on the story of it. And, you know, I've seen people whose families have been murdered, who've been tortured, who've been kept in cages as children. Uh, you know, forgiveness, what a victory that is. And what a liberation it is that your past now has no impact, except in the most positive of ways, on how you live in the present. What are the qualities required? What do we need to find within ourselves to really forgive? In my experience, until people feel that someone has heard and witnessed their anguish, it's very hard to move because up until then, it's an internal suffering that we may not even have the words to describe that suffering. Once we can give it words and utter what has been unutterable, perhaps up until now, and have that witnessed by someone, the moment we can even utter the words means we've found a form in which to bring them from my internal reality to the outside. 
And I'm already more than that because I've found the words now to describe that inner reality. And so that's incredibly powerful because it's no longer who I am. It is a story that I have. And it's good to have a story, but we don't want to be our story all the time. It's good to have a story. I, I wouldn't change anything in my story because those are the things that have pushed me into parts of myself I would never have willingly gone to explore. And they've made me a better companion for other people who may just be entering the landscape of grief or suffering or uh, tragedy or trauma. Because Not because I know what it's like for them, but I know that place in myself. And that's made me a much better companion to be with people who are in their suffering. So I think the first step is willingness to find a way of seeing the situation differently. And then to accept by talking about, writing about, whatever it is that happens so that you get to a place of acceptance that, yes, this did happen. And given that this has happened, then who do I want to be in relationship to that? And that liberates us to a much larger perspective rather than just the binding perspective of the story. Part of um, the experience of the Wise Guides is giving people some tools, a process perhaps to support them um, and in today's conversation support them to look at this notion of forgiveness a little differently. Would you be okay to guide us in a brief practice or share some practical tips? I think a, a practice might be a good thing. So maybe wherever you are, if you can just settle into your body as it is. So whether you're sitting or standing or driving, if you can just be fully present uh, if you're driving with your eyes open, just be fully present to your physical body sitting in the seat and be aware of your weight and posture and the touch of your clothing, the air against your skin and perhaps deepen the breath by breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth like a long sigh. And as you breathe out, just feel yourself settle deeper into your heart. And just acknowledge your own good heart. And notice any conversation that starts up in your head about your own good heart. And imagine that goodness, that compassion, that love that spills over from your heart and flows out to every cell of your being. And sometimes the hardest person to forgive is ourself for the choices we've made, for the things we've said or done. And just feel that soften as you remember the goodness and the love and the compassion that flows from your heart to every cell of your being. And let the breath flow right down into your belly. 
keeping a soft belly. And remember that you can bring this softness, this compassion, this gentle understanding of yourself into every moment. simply by coming back to the breath, coming back to your posture, coming to your senses, the sounds, taste, smell, touch, all the sounds around you. And let that be your practice. Sage advice from Patria King, CEO and founder of the Quest for Life Foundation. Life is busy and the wise guides can be your sonic sanctuary. If you haven't already, feel free to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes or Stitcher.com. We would also greatly appreciate it if you can take a moment to review the Wise Guys podcasts at iTunes. We also encourage you to share this conversation with your friends and family. Also, pop us an email at twg at worklifewellness.com.au with your thoughts, suggestions of people to interview and topics to explore. Keep well till next time.